Good afternoon. This is the uh, facilities board facilities master planning and oversight committee meeting uh, in now in session. Um, Ms. Shaw, can you call the roll, please? Yes. Uh, Chair Solomon. Present. Trustee Chung. Present. Uh, Trustee Wong is not yet present. Trustee Wong is not yet present, but has said he'll be here soon. Soon. Student Trustee Villalobos. Uh, present. You do have a quorum. Thank you. We'll start with a land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Our first item on the agenda is uh, whether uh, any public comment on items not on the agenda. Is there any public comment? Yes. I'm sorry, but you can't vendor. Tricky, huh? Yeah, yeah, it, that's, that's nice. Okay, so um, some of you were here at the last time. I have yeah. a couple more. Yeah, and can you make sure you say your name when you go back to the mic? Thank you. Oh, I have it. So my name is Susan Buckman, and I work here at Broadcast Media Services, so I go to a lot of the meetings. What I've handed you out is um, part of the Oculus contract. So you'll see that there are two schedules that I've highlighted in orange. These two contracts appear to have been uh, combined back in 2019 and then renewed in 2021, and then it's up for renewal again. So one of them highlighted in blue is the 24-hour help desk. The other one, is um, database and admin. So it is the one in yellow that I believe SEIU has a problem with and thinks that these should be classified positions. Nobody at the college wants to do 24 hour help desk. Contract that part out, no problem. So you, there's gotta be a way to separate this contract, renegotiate it, let the 24 hour help desk go through, and send the other ones to meet and confer so that we can work out whether these can be filled by classified people. So surely someone can renegotiate this contract. And if they're saying that they can't, how can people not re renegotiate a contract? Or is this being used to distract you by giving you these horror stories about losing 24 hour help desk to distract you from what they really want, which is to have these database and admin positions filled by outside contractors. Thank you. Thank you. Any further comment? Uh, uh, no public comment. request for public comment on okay. items not on the agenda. Thank you. With that, we will go to the approval of the minutes of the April 13th, 2023 Facilities Master Planning and Oversight Committee meeting. 
people need a moment to take a look at those. And then I would uh, entertain. Oh, before we go on, I want to um, to uh, acknowledge that President Wong is now present. So when somebody is ready to uh, moved to approve the minutes. I'll second approval of the April 13th uh, minutes. Thank you. Are there any comments about these minutes and any public comment? There's no request for public comment. Thank you. Any comments from the trustees? No. Seeing none, we will move to a vote on approval of the minutes. Student trustee advisory vote? Aye. Chair Solomon? Aye. Trustee Wong? Yes. And Trustee Chung? Aye. The motion passes. Thank you. We will now move to reports and discussions. Uh, and at this point, is there any public comment for these items, Ms. Shaw? No, there is not. Thank Unless you. there's no someone in the meeting room. No, then no. Okay. There, there might be someone uh, who will be present, uh, making public comment during Zoom. I mean, through Zoom later. Uh, I didn't receive any requests for public comment via Zoom. Okay, thank you. With that, I would like to turn this over for the first report, um, the presentation of the City College Facilities Master Plan. Uh, yes, Chair Solomon, and thank you for the opportunity this afternoon to bring the Facilities Master Planning and Oversight Committee uh, back up to speed on the 10-year facilities uh, master plan that was approved by our board in 2019. Uh, there is a one-page attachment uh, that has been included to the board docs, and I think that this graphic uh, is really a high-level summary of uh, what ultimately is uh, built into a several 100-page uh, document uh, that it constitutes our facilities master plan. But I will uh, go ahead and share my screen if I could get the ability to share screen. And we can walk through that document uh, together uh, to look at what the uh, facilities master plan is uh, focusing on our ocean campus. Thank you. I'm still not able to share. Okay, thank you. All right, this is the graphic document uh, that outlines the uh, plan for the next 10 years, uh, really how uh, the Prop A bond uh, is going to reimagine our campus here at Ocean. Uh, but starting up at the top and looking at the color-coded uh, key to the far right, uh, we are starting uh, with the proposed buildings and the orange shaded buildings, as well as the yellow buildings. Those are the approved buildings. Uh, so we do have the new child care building up there at the top uh, along Judson Avenue. Uh, and then continuing down Judson and uh, going down Frida Kahu, uh, Kahu Way, uh, we have the steam building, which is under construction currently. And then you see right below it in between the steam building and the multi-use or the MUB building, which you're, we are currently in, uh, that is the future site of the Diego Rivera Theater. So that those three buildings, uh, the orange coded, 
uh, were the approved buildings uh, as part of the facilities master plan. Uh, the proposed building uh, in the orange down there at the bottom, uh, that is the Student Success Center. That is currently uh, scheduled to uh, start construction uh, later on this year. Uh, but that is going to be in the footprint of where Conlin Hall uh, currently is. Uh, we do have an item on the agenda here in a couple of moments to talk about the process of vacating Conlin Hall. Uh, so we can start the process of demolishing uh, that facility and then building uh, what will be the Student Success Center uh, here in the coming months. Uh, down below, uh, going back to the key now, uh, the light brown or the tan colors are our existing buildings. Uh, we do have renovations and modernizations uh, scheduled uh, throughout those facilities, uh, but not necessarily anything that would substantially change or reconfigure the existing footprint. Uh, so that is what's indicated by the tan or the brown uh, color there. Uh, the blue are the proposed renovations. So you can see uh, the major uh, Prop A projects are going to be uh, 80 or so million dollar renovations to Science Hall and Cloud Hall uh, right in the middle of our campus, as well as the uh, Student Union, uh, the Arts Extension. Uh, looking up at the top, we have the uh, complex that surrounds the horticulture uh, and the uh, bungalows that are currently uh, in that area, as well as Batmall Hall. Uh, so those projects in the next 10 years as part of the 2019 facilities master plan are scheduled for uh, renovations. Uh, right below, we have our proposed decommissioning. Uh, so those are facilities that uh, will ultimately uh, be winded down and no longer used uh, after the 10-year facilities master plan is implemented as it's drawn today. Uh, and then right below, we have the proposed demolition in black. Uh, we have uh, the Smith uh, Statler. Uh, and then to the left, we have the Conlin. So those are the facilities that are uh, scheduled to be demolished, uh, as well as the proved demolition uh, in the purple uh, right below it. So that, in a high level, and the only purple item is the bookstore annex, I believe. So uh, at a very high summary level, uh, and ultimately we'd love to come back uh, with more of a detailed presentation if the facilities subcommittee would uh, find that appropriate, but I do hope that this provided at least a high-level overview and an introduction of the 10-year facilities master plan as it relates to the uh, Ocean Campus. And I'll pause there to see if there's any questions, and uh, ABC Vasquez and I would be happy to try and respond. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, student trustee Villalobos. Yes, for the for the proposed renovations of the Science Hall and Cloud Hall, you mentioned eighty million dollars. Is that a combined for both or or each or? Uh, thank you for that question. So it is uh, approximately eighty million each. Uh, it was uh, in excess of a hundred thousand, but then with the reallocation for the Performing Arts and Education Center. Uh, those projects in total uh, were reduced to approximately 80 or so million each. Okay, and for the proposed demolition in black, the one above creative arts, um, that's the Diego Rivera theater. And what else does it include? It It, it is the, the current theater. Um, one of the things we've also, this document was part of a 2019 plan. Um, we also in working with uh, our state agency Demoing that portion is slightly challenging because it's connected to the creative arts connection. So separating it out, it, it's going to be very difficult, actually impossible without 
affecting the structure of the creative arts. So at some point, it should have been a larger uh, black portion of it and to include creative arts. But at the time, the thinking was to be able to remove that portion of it, but it's not uh, structurally feasible to do. So um, as I mentioned, these are 2019 ideas and concepts, and it's a plan and vision, and it does take a, a while for them to uh, be executed and be done. And, and some things may not get done for changes that have occurred from that time to this time. As an example, it shows the 600 and 700 bungalows, and that's currently my office and offices where we're moving people out of Collin Hall. So, you know, those are ideas of 2019, but some things have changed from then to now, and we're, we can't go back and change this document, but we can just reflect on it and, and make a, you know, have a, a an, an internal update, but not anything that's part of the original uh, master plan that was approved in the EIR. Okay. And would that also include uh, what would happen then to the uh, Omic Colossal Head that's in that area? So th that's already in this, with the Works of Arts Committee. We've already uh, have discussed the relocation of it to be um, in between the courtyard of steam and Diego Rivera as shown in the plan. There's a, yeah. to be there and also there's a, look at the, the, there's also the Lady of the Forest, Goddess of the Forest right there. They're both going to move into the open area between STEAM and the Diego Rivera Theater. Okay. Thank you. Any other, any other questions or comments from trustees? For the bookstore annex, what is the update on, on that? So the, books, the, the, the bookstore annex that's shown in purple, um, we're going to need to tear that down. And it's also one of the, buildings uh, prior to COVID, it was scheduled to be torn down along with the 200 bungalows that are not in purple, but they're right behind the, the dark uh, Diego Rivera theater area next to um, creative arts extension between the blue and the creative arts. So that is something where the relocation of the classified Senate offices, they're going to free up out of 200, we'll be able to uh, put a, uh, a project together to tear down the bookstore annex and the 200 bungalows that are just caught in between a couple of buildings. Okay, well, are we using that space for anything? Are we, using, are we planning to use the bookstore annex place for anything or is this gonna be vacant? Not, not, not at the moment, the, the building is not inhabitable. It doesn't meet the state requirements for occupancy. So we need to tear it down. It's more expensive to try to make it usable than it is to just tear it down and, and leave it, try to plan something new. Okay, so so what I mean is, after it's demolished, are there any plans for it, or is it just waiting future, awaiting future ideas? I think it's a future idea and concept. It's nothing was uh, predicated or included in the facilities master plan. Yes, Trustee Chisti. Thank you, um, Chair Solomon. I'm I'm sorry. These might be like very basic questions, but I I want to understand, and maybe it builds off of um, Trustee Wong's point. But you said one part about something was in the plan, but things have changed. So now the plan, something along those lines, have to like. Can you help me understand the decision making that happens behind that? Is it you? Is it a PGC committee? Like, how does the information kind of when there's changes that kind of come up or is that us <laughs> it, it's a great question i can definitely tell you it's not me um the, so a lot of these processes there's 
concepts and ideas that move forward. And sometimes there's um, initial concepts, but no feasibility or cost associated with the concepts. So mm -hmm. it's a master plan. Um, this came before the board, before the um, the residents of San Francisco voted for the bond. So right. this was established before as a precursor to that. Okay, um, I see. So it provided a guide. And as things move forward, shift priorities, funding costs, a lot of factors go into play to make a decision. But that all gets kind of as a process uh, down the line. Like in this example, the 600 bungalows that are you know behind the football field, the 700 bungalows, those are part of a demolition uh, projection in this document. It doesn't say the year; it just means it's a proposed demolition for the future. Mm -hmm. um, but that was also based on not having administration in those bungalows and moving to some other more permanent spot on campus. But that was a plan that was kind of uh, planned, and then it got kind of through the PGC and through the prior chancellors, it's not, not, not Chancellor Martin, was kind of shifted away to know we're not going to do that, we're going to go to this plan. And then so we had a switch course and then shift to this concept of having the administration of the the, the offices from Collin Hall shift to the 700 bungalows. So I think I'm just curious to like understand a little bit more about checks and balances in the in the decision making process. I don't know if there's like a flow chart or something that can, I don't know, just some way to, I don't know if other trustees are more familiar than I am, just um, want to understand the decision making. Um, the, some of the decisions are part of like the swing space concepts of the space. So they still fall within the project. Um, as an example for the Student Success Center, there's a swing space project to move everybody out to the different areas and then have the departments come back when the project is done. That's just, uh, there isn't a real swing space for Diego Rivera and the STEAM building because those are vacant lots, but where there's an occupied building, we have to move those departments out somewhere. So that's kind of our swing space line item in our bond list, in our in our approved bond list. Um, and so when that changes or the decision is, is made at the college level, it makes us, we have to go to a different option. And that was one of the things it was done when we presented the concepts of the, of the, of the option of, of relocating to Baltimore. And then there was a shift to, we, we're not gonna go there. We need to find a bungalows as an office area. I guess it's, who was it presented to? Uh, it was presented to the in the to the the individuals in the Baltimore Hall building who they would I be see. impacted, and we went as far to have to make sure that the occupants in Collin Hall would fit there with some programming changes, and that's where it came up against uh, an, another alternative that wasn't going to move forward, and the other alternative was to leave the existing programs in Baltimore Hall without changing any space. And finding an alternative space for the Colin Hall occupants. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I uh, wanted to ask if anybody else here is having a problem with the link in the agenda for the actual plan. I was able yes. to open it at home. <laughs> uh, and I, 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 okay, so it's not just my computer or my competency with my computer. Uh, I did download months ago 
downloaded the um, facilities master plan, but what I wanted to find out is whether what I downloaded is current and it is titled Updated Facilities Master Plan Draft Environmental Impact Report, SCH number 202-00090261, Volume 1 Draft EIR. And I'm bringing this up because uh, it's really interesting reading to see what the vision was behind the bond. And it gives a lot more description. It's, it's a lengthy document. It's actually over 300 pages. But I think um, it's worth the read. And I think, you know, just has a lot more detail about what the goal is in um, the overhaul of the campus. Yeah, oh, please go ahead, Trustee Chung. Um, yes, I, I also wanted to state, because I'm, I'm trying to look for it on the web. And when I um, actually click through the website to the facilities master plan, it also leads to, um, it can't connect to that server. So we could also change that on the website. Thank you. Seeing no, uh, so is there a way to find out if whether the link that's not currently working is the link to, is the document that I downloaded at some point last fall? And I, I think I went beyond searching the City College web. I think I searched the internet and it was a City College link. If I may, Chair Solomon, I do believe that the link uh, included in uh, the board docs, as well as the general link uh, through our website uh, at some point today uh, stopped working. So that's something we will need to look into, uh, but that's uh, you know, the status of the link as of right now. It's not working. Okay. Well, the plan's not going away, so we'll just have to wait to read it. If there's uh, no other discussion on this item, I just want to check one more time. We'll move on to the next one. And Ms. Shaw, I believe there's public comment for item 4B. Okay, would it, with no objection, I would like the two people. So it's uh, Rudy Gonzalez and John Chiarenza. Thanks so much. Yes, thanks. Good evening, trustees. Hopefully you can hear me at this point. Uh, my name is Rudy Gonzalez. I'm the secretary treasurer for the San Francisco Building and Construction Trades Council. Uh, we represent uh, both the approximately 10,000 unionized, skilled and trained construction workers in the private sector in San Francisco, as well as uh, public employees who work in various agencies, including uh, our proud uh, Mighty 12 members who work at the college district and are charged with maintaining and working on a lot of your facilities. Um, so first I wanted to express um, our appreciation for the leadership of this body and the trustee and his team uh, for putting together plans associated with staffing uh, and trying to meet the incredible demands of the district uh, with relatively few resources. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed by our members. Um, we also wanted to weigh in and support, you know, future staffing uh, for that in-house crew 
As it relates to the master plan, uh, we certainly support the master plan and the associated uh, bond work that comes. And with respect to 4B, I wanted to uh, particularly or specifically talk about the project labor agreement. Um, thus far, uh, Kitchell and RNS, who are working on the uh, STEAM building, have been uh, uh, excellent partners, I believe. Um, and it's certainly a great economic boon right now, uh, which also allows to uh, us to increase our apprenticeship participation. We were honored last night to graduate 37 new city build graduates in cycle 38. Um, the college with our partnership has graduated now nearly 1200 um, uh, pre-apprentices through that program. And the opportunities with work that come through the PLA covered work allow us to put local residents um, under the, the leadership and guidance of uh, master craftspeople uh, to work. And it's a great expression of the commitment of the college to career technical education and to uh, just being a, an economic engine for the city and um, workforce opportunity for the city. So we're also available to answer any questions you may have related to the project labor agreement and its details or implementation. Thank you for the time. Uh, John Chirenza. Um, hello, uh, Chairman Solomon, <clears throat> trustees. Thank you for allowing me to address you tonight. My name is John Carenza. I'm a business agent for Local 38 uh, Plumbers and Steam Fitters here in San Francisco. Um, <clears throat> it's very nice to see the planning that's going into this uh, master plan and the, the changes that it's going to make for the college. Um, I would just, I would like to make sure that we remember that. Um, we, we staff up our facilities division, which is um, the members of uh, that take care of the college. Um, we've seemed to have whittled down a little bit over the years. And I just wanna make sure that when we build these great facilities that we're able to maintain them with um, you know, our building trades members that are, that are out there every day, trying to make sure that these facilities are kept up and maintained for the students and the faculty so that they're in good working order. Um, so I just wanted to make that comment. Um, I'm glad that we also, in this last contract, were able to uh, put an apprentice uh, classification into our contract. So uh, we are still working with the college to get that done, but we're hoping to get an apprentice um, actually working with the college uh, in the buildings and grounds department. So um, thank you for your time. I just I just wanted to make that comment that we remember to um, as we build these great facilities, we keep the staff to maintain them at the same time so they don't fall into disrepair. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I apologize uh, for mispronouncing your last name, Mr. Carenza. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Uh, if there's no further comment, uh, let us go <laughs> on to the presentation on the project labor agreement. Uh, yes, Chair Solomon, I'll defer to ABC Vasquez to take us away. Thank you. Yeah, if you can make me, allow me to share, that'd be great. Thank you. 
Oops, it's disabled. Thank you. So th th this document is the actual uh, project labor agreement that was signed, um, but here's a kind of just a, a summary of the update. The, both documents are attached in the document um, in the board docs. Oops, if you can start with no, no, item one, please. If you can zoom in or, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. If you don't mind starting slide one. Okay. So the project labor agreement, um, which was uh, discussed and negotiated through the uh, 2019 and was signed and executed in March 2020, also uh, kind of was the same time and year of when the uh, residents of San Francisco passed the uh, bond as well in uh, March of 2020. We'll go to the next slide. <clears throat> the next slide just shows the list of all the active uh, PLA signatories, including uh, at the time, the chancellor at the time, to so the CCSS chancellor and the other uh, 21 participating bodies that make up the building trades in all the local unions um, in the area. Next slide. <clears throat> uh, in, in the PLA document under Article Section 3, Section 2.A. These are the identified lists as a uh, project labor agreement. Um, it's focusing on the Diego Rivera, Cloud Hall, Student Success Center, Science Hall, Steam Center, the Creative Arts Extension, New Child Care, um, the 750 Tenderloin, um, the Workforce Education at 1500 and 1550 Evans, so the Evans Center. Um, and those are the identified project labor agreements that were looking to partner with the labor groups as part of the project labor agreement. All other projects that we are required to do that fall into the bond, we will, while they may not fall into necessarily the PLA agreement, we will be following public contract code and following prevailing wage as required by the state. Next item. Um, part of the, the terms of some of the items within the document are there's an annual meeting greet by the unions at career fairs, um, guest speakers mentorship. Um, we work also in other sections. I reference the apprentices, and I think uh, that was referenced uh, in the comments by both um, Rudy Gonzalez and John Carenza. So that's something uh, to we'll keep in mind and look forward to addressing at the project level, and also hopefully get it into our buildings and grounds uh, team as well. Um, there's also a hard hats, a helmets to hard hats, uh, veterans apprenticeship program that we're going to have to. Uh, get started a little bit with the veterans uh, department uh, group um, to make sure that we implement that item. Next slide, please. Um, and, and these are all just portions and snippets that are in the main document that is also attached. Um, just don't need to necessarily read it out loud, um, but it does in the articles, uh, there you see 21, the helmets to hard hats, it's a reference. Uh, the next page. Um, so there is a section two that the union and contractors agree to coordinate with the center to create, maintain an integrated base database of veterans interested in working on the projects and apprenticeship uh, and employment opportunities for the project to the extent permitted by law. They will give credit to such veterans and bona fide provable past experience. 
Um, next slide. Um, so available apprenticeship options um, and just uh, with the contractors and the contractor requirements, um, the PLA were in coordination with our legal team and also with uh, the building trades and the unions uh, legals were able to develop the PLA. Um, both currently the Rudolph and Sletton, Sletton team of STEAM and Excel construction for the Student Success Center are 100% union-based groups. So that's been a positive for us. And that was one of the things that the PLA uh, requi requires them to, to do that, to be part of that. And the apprenticeship programs would be part of through the each of the, the 20 unions and the building trades group uh, to support the apprenticeship programs. Next steps. Uh, one of the comments uh, Rudy mentioned is that they've uh, been working with Rudolph and Slant on the STEAM building. Um, we've had several meetings to uh, acknowledge and work with each of the different contractors and their union and some of the work they're bringing on board. Um, I think that's also one of the next steps for the Student Success Center and working with Excel Construction. Um, I don't think the meeting has been set, but it is something that will be set uh, soon to uh, part of the kickoff for that project. Um, and I think there's also the more global meeting greet that's referenced earlier. Um, that will also need to be uh, followed up within a TBD for a, a date. And then we'll also work on, you know, contract outreach coordinators and also student internship opportunities. Thank you. Comments or questions from any um, trustees? like to thank um, Associate Vice Chancellor for the update on the, the PLA. I'm uh, Whenever I get to um, read about our uh, work together with our labor partners, that's uh, always something that I enjoy learning about and ensuring that we're uh, in good partnership with all of our groups. And I also want to uh, thank our labor brothers from uh, Local 38 and uh, also from the Building Trades Council for uh, showing up and uh, speaking briefly to uh, talk about the importance of this partnership. As a veteran, I'm also very excited about the Helmets to Hard Hats uh, programs. Uh, I've heard many good things about how this program has benefited veterans and getting them into uh, the construction uh, trades industry. And I hope that it can continue to create more jobs for service members exiting the service. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I think um, it's fortuitous that these two presentations on the uh, facilities master plan and the project labor agreement happened one day after the city build graduation, because there is a through line there. And it's, again, so important. And, uh, and I echo President Wong's comments, the importance of having uh, union labor doing the work cannot be overstated. So thank you. Let us now go to the next item, which is um, a move update, including the potential displacement of programs and services and relocation of Conlon Hall programs and offices. Certainly, Chair Solomon. And once again, I will uh, drive the PowerPoint or the PDF as ABC Vasquez walks us through the material. Thank you, Chancellor. Um, this was just kind of a, a summary of the uh, one of the comments earlier regarding swing space. Um, these are all the departments that are impacted either um, as a 
primary move out of the Colin Hall building or a secondary move from another space to accommodate one of the other programs. So it, it, it's, you know, the, while the college is a large institution, there are some pockets of space that are more available and others that are less available. And so uh, in just going down, they range from the counseling office, I'm sorry, just for, the counseling office to relocating the bookstore, uh, vice chancellor's offices, matriculation, uh, assessment, the academic senate, um, EOPS, CalWORKS, uh, bursar's office, all of the identified items, human resources, which is the, the largest of all of these departments that are currently in, in Conlin, um, and then trying to recreate some of the same space. And there are some examples where we are having to move a department temporarily somewhere while we do the space because we've had to move somebody out to make that space available so then we can then finish it. And so um, ultimately the goal is that we need to be out of Colin Hall in, um, by the end of May. Um, and one of the examples of that is the assessment department, um, which is one of the locations we've identified is the space across the hall from us, which has a large computer lab on one side. And as you can see, it's got a kind of a, a smaller rectangular space with an open access to it. Um, and that's where the assessment department would uh, be available to house their six, uh, six staff members plus their um, potentially other uh, student support that they may have. Um, so that's the existing space if we go to the next slide. Um, this is kind of the, the plan where the computer lab would not get taken away, it'll still be there. Um, the assessment space would then get a, a, a small partition, um, door access and a, a, a counter area. Um, and one of the reasons why we're not able to just make that, extend that wall all the way down to the bottom, I don't know if I can, the mouse, uh, but it, yeah, if that wall that's to, to the right, that wall, we couldn't extend that wall straight down because the CLAD computer lab is is large enough square footage wise that it needs a second exit. So we needed to find an alternative to just build a, a wall uh, across instead of closing it off. Um, and so it, it'll allow access for the assessment office without impacting the computer lab, but it does take uh, for the period of the construction of the new student success center to be able to house the assessment office there. And then they would, and they also provide a level of support and need part of the computer lab for their uh, assessments for, for, for the students as well. And the next slide is just kind of a, a graphic of the what that door and panel would look like. Um, the smaller picture on the left is just an example that they give us as part of the, the furniture. And then what on the right is the actually a picture of one of the spaces in the 700 bungalows that we're looking to relocate the tenant. So this is newly created space on the right um, that we'd be using the same systems furniture in the space across the hall from us. Student trustee Villalobos. Well, well, thank you for the update. Um, you mentioned that you would this this process was will start or at least Conlin will start in by the end of this month in May, right? So, so sorry, the, the demolition. Sorry, we need to vacate out of yes. Conlin by the end of this month, and yes. the spaces that 
the initial list of uh, departments is getting ready, finalized, and we're making the move plans um, for the next few weeks. Okay. Um, with the the move, uh, going back to the 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 swing space department moves, uh, when when are you? When is it scheduled to have EOPS move out of the space that they're currently in? They are probably one of the first groups. Um, we're moving after office so we can create their office area. So when we move, we'll just be moving the bodies. Sorry, we'll be moving the staff and their um, we'll be moving the staff and their personal belongings there with furniture already in their offices. So we're trying to plan accordingly to the availability of office space before we move staff from point A to point B. Um, in the picture you saw earlier, most of the offices were trying to have them ready so that they walk in with their laptop, personal items that they have in the office and any other material to the space. Thank you. And, and the reason I'm asking uh, is because e EOPS has been very, uh, has advocated and, and been very visible in the need that they they needed to move as soon as possible and i think that's an ongoing uh communication at least one way uh that they needed to move out of that space um uh nothing pertaining to the the construction of buildings but the, the safety uh that eops is located at currently so that's why i wanted to like that's why i was asking like when more or less are we having EOPS folks move out of their space, like physically, like the actual people? Uh, well, in the next two weeks. I mean, we're we're trying to be mindful that graduation is 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 near, and some of the departments, you know, the size does make an impact. The smaller they are, the easier it is to relocate them. Um, we're targeting uh, both CalWork staff and EOPS staff to kind of move as one little unit out of the bungalows behind Collin Hall because that also affects the work area. Okay, thank you. Um, thank, thank you, C. Thank you, ABC Vasquez. I, I wanted to ask, um, I think this was sort of an anxiety when I was looking at the facilities master plan, because um, it feels a little bit like we're, I mean, I understand it's happening over a longer timeline, so it's, it's and, but I, here we have sort of a, a very immediate move that's happening. And so I wanted to know sort of, is this the moving of musical chairs? Like what are we replacing? What is currently in the spaces that they're moving into? So, so as an example, there are several departments that are relocating to Colin, sorry, from Colin Hall to the 700 bungalows. In the example, there is human resources, department moving there. There's a vice chancellor of finance and business purchasing office and finance, risk compliance, payroll. They're all moving to the 700 bungalows. Um, and that's about eight pods of bungalows in that space. I, I guess what I'm asking is what is currently in the 700 bungalows and what is, uh, you know, uh, if we had to go down this list, what is, what is currently in all these rooms? What are they used for? Oh, prior to the construction, there were uh, 700, there were classrooms. There were, there were 16 classrooms of a, different sizes. And a couple of other areas were, were able to, the, the bookstore is moving to part of the cafeteria um, for adjacency, for access and, and, and entry points. Um, other spaces were just having to remodel existing office space. 
And so just to clarify, um, MUB149A, what is that currently used for? Currently, um, it is a CLAD computer lab, and it's the space across the hall from us. Um, in the plan, uh, the CLAD computer lab on the left side, there is some um, seating and probably some, um, I, I don't know what it gets used for, but it's it's not an office area. We are temporarily wanting to convert it to office space for the two-year period um, for the assessment. Um, one of the things that occurred in this process is that the adjacencies that the Student Success Center is going to achieve, there's also a need to have those adjacency uses now. Um, one of the options for the assessment was to be housed in the bungalows down behind the football field, which puts them nowhere near the other use, their other supportive programs with the registration, um, all the other kind of student serving services that are on this uh, MUB level one and two as well with financial aid. And if I may, sorry, Trustee Solomon through, I, I just, I think my understanding is that the Matriculation and Assessment Center, um, how, they do support members, students who are in the lab, but, you know, they send one or two staff members there. I think what, I'm wondering what you're suggesting, are you, re, you're bringing the whole office there, right? So does that immediately replace the lab space? It, it does not. The computer labs, the computer lab area is not being impacted at all. So, so there's no less, there are no less computers for students to use? That, that is, is correct. Is that correct? Okay, thank you. How are we mapping or informing students or staff about some of these changes for the for the changes that do involve other, other people? Is there, uh, however, um, we inform folks uh, about uh, okay, you you go over here, so so you don't get lost when you're trying to find uh, find the the location um, that you're trying to get to. Um, go ahead. Well, go ahead and uh, please pull it up, ABC Vasquez, uh, President Wong. Thank you for the question. We have a new construction uh, website, which we are hoping to be the one stop location for all of the construction work and uh, swing space that we have ahead of us in the coming years. And I will pause and we still can't share. So let me uh, see if I can pull it up. So in the meantime that we're looking for the maps, um, it, I think it's very important when we're offering services to students that we right away have communication go out to students knowing where things are being changed, especially if it's uh, moving folks like from these administrative buildings <clears throat> or services that students go to, uh, making sure that we know, making sure that we let inform students know where these changes are happening as soon as possible but because as it is there's a shortage of signage for services already um, and and we don't want to create more of a confusion for students trying to reach a service there it is got it. one of the things uh one of our summer plans um 
is to update the signage throughout the campus. It's one of the things that we've also identified as as, as a need. Um, in this plan here, um, uh, can you scroll up a little bit? Sorry, Grace, or, or, or down to the tabs a little, the other direction there. Um, there's a construction timeline tab. If you didn't see the there, we're going to add a summer and fall 2023, and that's going to just show the the different impacts. If you go to spring 2023, please, if you can click the, the button, it'll bring up an, a different map, and it'll show some of the changes that are ongoing during the semester um, in proposed items. And so what we're going to show for the summer and fall is some of this information, and we're also looking to add some larger, some of the larger signage that's existing on campus that's a little bit dated, and also have a QR code to a link so that they can always hopefully get to the right place, but that, that link will be there with a QR code uh, for easier access. And with it on the original new construction site, it'll show path of travel access points as well. So we're, 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 we're aware in the concern of access and stu student um, interaction. And you know the, at the beginning of the semesters when I've been around, I do see the students just a little lost trying to find Jetson Village. You know, so I've I've been lucky enough to be in a cart and try to help guide them, but I, I I do understand the signage improvements will definitely help guide a little bit more. Thank you. And whenever I see signage along campus that flies away, I kind of try to put it back as well, um, because we need information to go out to students when possible. <laughs> we, we we will try to avoid paper signage. I have a hard enough time getting around. Or the, I mean, I mean those uh, those stands that easily are, get knocked out by by the wind, like the parking going up and then right. student union. And so we, when the weather passes by, we kind of have to go back and yeah. set it up. And yeah, stuff. Th that's a a bigger signage issue where the buildings have signage. Um, the I think the um, outreach group is trying to provide a directional for the students at the cloud hall pathways, uh, sorry, cloud circle or science circle pathways, not at the building. So students tend to, you know, as they're walking, they'll, they'll, the signs are there for them. We're trying to improve our campus signage and your suggestion of possibly doing some more building for access may also be one of the things we look into, but we know one of our first steps is to improve our, our communication out on our, on our by semester access. Thank you. Yes, Trustee Tristy, and I I want to recognize that it's six thirty one now. Oh wow! Yes, I'm cutting into my own committee time. A really quick question: um, Are are these locations synced with Google Maps? I'm just wondering because if I was a student and I was navigating, I would put things into Google Maps, and I'm wondering if the relocation is there's syncing going to happen there. I, we'd have to check with our with our IT team. I, I I don't think so. I know there is an interactive map on the website as well, but I don't think it follows. It's it's. It, I don't think it hits the departments within the buildings. I think that's not it's not set up for that as of yet. May I ask Chair Chisty, would you indulge us with one more report on this committee on I eight hundred Oakdale's our last item, or would Yes. Can we get a 2.5-minute sure. report? Yes, <laughs> which I mean, we might have to go into a little bit after 7.30 for our committee, but yes. that's okay. 
that I saw um, student trustee Villalobos's hand up. No, you. All right, if we can move to the final item. Thank you. Uh, yes, Chair Solomon, and uh, within the two and a half minutes that's been allocated, we will uh, move rather quickly. Uh, but as everybody knows, we did receive notice from the SFPUC to vacate the 1800 Oakdale location. Uh, we have been working uh, in collaboration with our administration as well as the department chairs uh, to identify equipment and materials that need to be kept and brought back here to the Ocean Campus or to another City College location. Uh, most of that work is done. Uh, we do have a few remaining uh, knickknacks, for lack of a better term, that still uh, need one final pass-through and cleanup, but we have had the opportunity uh, to extend uh, a few weeks from the PUC to get everything out, uh, and we are almost there. And I'll pause to see if AVC Vasquez has any additional comments. The knickknack reference is good. Future agenda items. I did forget that. Did you have anybody have anything? Oh, oh sorry, Chair. I had a question about 1800. Oh, uh, yes, I, I kind of did too. I, okay, I was going to suggest that in the interest of time that we continue this to the next meeting, oh, okay. because I think we have more substantive um, issues to discuss about 1800 sure. Oakdale, not just getting out of it, but what's going to happen in the Southeast yeah. part of the city. Right. It's a future item, an item for the a future meeting are there any other um recommendations for items for our next meeting or future meetings seeing none is there a motion to adjourn move. so moved <laughs> second uh roll call please Ms. shaw student trustee advisory vote aye president solomon aye trustee chung aye Trustee Wong? Yes. The motion passes. We are adjourned. Thank you.